This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, now. here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello there and welcome to episode number 290 of Youpreneur FM. Yes, you are in the place to be if you are wanting to build a powerful, profitable personal brand business based around you, your personality, your experience, and everything that you stand for. My name is Chris Ducker. I am your host with the most. I don't know what the most is, but nonetheless, I'm here with another episode of the show and it's a real goodie. Joseph Valente is in the house today talking all about what happened after he became victorious on BBC TV's The Apprentice over in the UK. He won it. He became a business partner with Lord Sugar and then ended up buying out Lord Sugar, getting back all those shares, and going alone. And now he's on a personal branding mission as well. However, before we get cracking, just a quick reminder that Youpreneur FM is brought to you by the Youpreneur Mastermind community, the premier online community for entrepreneurs wanting to build a profitable, sustainable business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. Community members get exclusive access to our Acceleration Training Library, which includes everything you'll need to know to build, market, and monetize a successful business. And couple that together with our monthly mastermind calls, discounted tickets to our live events, and access to our enthusiastic, supportive member-only forums, and you've got everything you need to succeed. If you're serious about building the business of you, as I call it, and in the most rewarding profitable way possible, then you must join us. So be sure to head over to youpreneur.com today for more info. So over to that chat with myself and Joseph. Great guy, smart guy, and a young guy. It's nice to have younger people on the show talking about what they're doing to build their personal brands and businesses around there. Joseph is already a very accomplished entrepreneur, even at the very ripe young age of just 28 years old. I felt like the I felt like a dad right, at some point throughout the course of this chat. But we had a really good conversation about everything that happened to him after winning The Apprentice over in the UK, and then sort of how he's now developing this additional brand on top of everything that he does with his already established multi-million pound business. And it's a really interesting, eye-opening conversation. So I'm not going to hold you up any longer. Here's myself and Joseph. So Joseph, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's great. It's all my pleasure, mate. Now, I'm really excited about this one because, you know, it's 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 not every day that we have a bona fide TV star on the show. I mean, this is uh, – I know it's been a couple of years now, but this is exciting for me. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I want to know. I mean, like, you know, it's been a few years since The Apprentice. Do you still get recognized walking down the street, down the local Tesco, all that sort of type of stuff? Um, I do, you know, and it's quite funny. It comes in drips and drabs, and it also comes from a variety of different people. So one day it could be a young man, then it could be an older woman or a younger girl, you know, and, it, and it's quite strange. And it also varies on how I look on the day. Um, so people used to remember me 
um, from my mustache. So if I don't have a shave for a little while, pe- people seem to pick up on that and then that sort of <laughs> triggers their mind and you can see them notice. So it's quite strange, actually. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've never spent any massive time on TV or anything like that, but I'd, I'd always been quite curious about what it's like to be, quote unquote, a recognizable face, you know, in, in any society. Uh, lucky uh, I, I don't have to worry about it all that much, except for when I'm at business conferences and then every now and then people might come up to me and, you know, want me to sign a book or something, which is all very nice and pleasant. So look, um, I, I I thought we'd go with a, a slightly different uh, kind of vibe with this show um, and talk a little bit about that experience with with winning The Apprentice, what it meant to you and Impra Gas, your company, obviously partnering with Lord Sugar, but then you bought him out, bold, brave move. Let's talk about that a little bit. And now, though, and this is the reason why I asked you to come onto the show, it's clear you're embarking upon a personal brand entrepreneurial journey as well. Um, and I know you're doing it for some really good reasons as well. So let's kind of deep dive on, on a few things. What was it like that moment when you were hired on that show? What was the first thing that flashed through your, your head? You know what? It was it was absolutely incredible. Um, it was amazing, but it was also a confirmation, um, which sounds quite strange, but it was a confirmation in my mind that when I set myself a task, I can achieve it. And the reason I say that, Chris, is because when I was 22 years of age, I'd just come back from Australia and I was looking for some inspiration to start my business. And I didn't quite know what I was going to do, but my mum bought me Lord Sugar's autobiography for Christmas. And I read that autobiography back to back for three weeks and it really did change my life. It changed my DNA and after those three weeks, I took out a personal loan from Tesco's of £15,000 with no business plan, and I started my business in Pragas. And when I did that, that book touched me in such a strange way that I always knew I was going to meet him and work with him. And all those years later, when I used to tell people that that was what was going to happen, I used to tweet him and Facebook him and everything else, and they all thought I was crazy. It was that level of, you know what, you weren't. Does that make sense? Totally, it, it makes total sense. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, obviously, you've, you know, you've you've got you had a lot of fire in your belly. You still got a lot of fire in your belly. I mean, is is there is there a slightly different Joseph now compared to the one that won The Apprentice a few years back? Most definitely. I mean, the hunger and the fire. Um, and everything else like that remains. But I'd like to believe now that I'm much more educated, I'm much more experienced, um, you know, and I've developed. And and that's what I believe that we all need to do is to get better and to get smarter. And I feel like as a businessman, um, I've learned a hell of a lot, um, you know, and it opened up a massive, a massive amount of opportunity for me. Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk about what you've learned then. I mean, it, it didn't take you long to figure out that <laughs> you didn't want Lord Sugar as a business partner. <laughs> you were going to go ahead <laughs> and like buy him out, which I think was great. Um, but let, let's talk about that a little bit. I know that you've probably got NDAs in place and contractual obligations. You can't talk too much about things. But I mean, what? how did that kind of come about? When did you start thinking about potentially buying him out and becoming the all-out owner of your company? 
I mean, it was a strange one because he bought into my business. So right. that was the business I originally started. And the 250 grand, he bought 50% of Impregas. Unlike the previous contestants, they'd started a new business together. So I'd owned that business for three years before The Apprentice. So I was already the founder and I'd already run it on my own. Um, and after 16 months of being in business with Lord Sugar, and I think a lot of people at this point can get very hung up on relationships and business partners um, and believing that they should last a lifetime. But I'm a very strong believer in the fact that you meet people, they take you to a certain place in your life. And if you've done what you needed to do together and you've taken some stuff from the relationship, that it doesn't have to last forever. Um, mm. And I felt at that point that I'd taken the money the investment. I'd taken a lot of lessons from them. I'd taken the exposure from the show. Um, and I'd taken um, the mentorship, what they could give me. And I set up all of the relationships with suppliers and manufacturers. I'd had that exposure. It opened a lot of doors. Um, and I used to go to the board meetings each month and there wasn't really much more that came from them. Um, I do strongly believe that they struggled to help me because the business was field-based operations and they'd not had any experience in that prior. Um, and I was looking at how we were growing and the profits we were going to be making. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? I'm doing a hundred hours a week here and I'm going to make a lot of money, but I'm going to have to split it if I don't, um, if I don't get out of this relationship now mm. um, because Lord Sugar made it clear that he wouldn't put any more money in and everything else. So actually that did also put up some roadblocks with knowing if I needed more investment and wanted to expand that it was going to be hard. Um, and then finally, um, I very much want to go fast. So I want to grow rapidly. Um, and I said to Lord Sugar that, you know, I'm in my early, I'm in my mid twenties now. Um, you know, I want to do something special and I, I really want to risk everything and keep risking everything to get to the next level, just like you did. So I need to know if your drivers are the same. I need to know if you're going to be on the front line with me because I felt like I was being held back to an extent and right. they were the main reasons as to why I then went to the board meeting one day and I put it very straight to him, but in a very respectful, respectful manner and asked him that if he wasn't on the front line with me and he didn't want to do what I wanted to do, then he should let me go alone. Was there any pushback from his end? Do you know what? He looked at me um, and he said, I respect you for what you've just said. I don't think and all of the people that were in there, the finance director, the assistant FD, the secretary of the accountant, I don't think they'd probably seen anybody ever speak to him in such a forefront way that put their, you know, cards on the table. But if I kept it respectable and, and, and said exactly what their heart felt. Right. Um, and I think, you know, at that point, he really, really respected me for it. And I knew they knew they couldn't help me anymore because they didn't have the experience there. And you know, I'm also a very challenging character. Um, they used to ask me to not do certain things and I used to do it anyway. So I think he realized that I would probably be better at this point going it alone. And we made a deal. And actually, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. And just to quickly touch, Chris, because you're saying about building your personal brand. I very much wanted to build my personal brand. And I felt like everybody would say Lord Sugar's business partner. 
no, hang on, I'm Joseph Valente. I right. want to build Joseph Valente. I don't want to be, although I respect him, and it's not a bad place to be, in Lord Sugar's shadow for the rest of my days. I get it 100%, totally. I, I can respect and appreciate that totally. I mean, it's tough when you're, you know, when you're in bed with somebody like that with such a big name and so recognizable, et cetera, et cetera. It is hard. You know, it, it would have been a hard slog, I think, particularly if you wanted to build that personal brand up. I think you would have um, been swimming against the current pretty much across the board. Um, but, I mean, I, I love the fact that you brought him out. I think it's fantastic. Okay, so let's talk about then kind of that initial period a little bit after all the contracts are signed. Everything's back in your hands again. How do you feel? What's the first few things, the first few moves that you make? Okay, so when I, when the contracts were signed, I was ready to rock and roll. I had that fire again. I felt like um, the shackles had been taken off. Um, and I continued to grow the business. And, and since then, we've gone from sort of 2 million turnover in, in, in that period. And it was about a year ago now to... Um, on target to hit sort of eight to nine this year. So I really grew the sales team and grew the back office and have continued to expand across the country within Impregas. Um, but one of my first moves, and this is very, very relatable to the personal brand side of things, was, you know what, Joe? You've been out of the public eye now to an extent for about 15 months since you won the show. You need to get back out there. You need to get back in the limelight. You need to tell your story. So one of my mm. immediate things to do, Chris, was to write a book, and that's exactly what I did. Love it. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. Expelled from the classroom to billionaire boardroom. Um, Self-published book, and it's out and about. You can get it on Amazon. For you guys tuning in, we'll link to it in our show notes, as always. Uh, show notes for this episode are over at chrisducker.com, episode 290. Um Talk, talk, I mean, obviously, your first book, right? I've just launched my yeah. seconds. You know, they're not easy. Um, how did you How did you navigate putting together your first book at such a young age? Okay, so this is exactly how I did it. I went on to LinkedIn, okay, and I typed in, does anybody know a good ghostwriter that they can recommend? Because I wasn't going to write the book myself. I have a very short attention span. I can't sit at a computer for a long sure. period of time but I know my story and I knew the message I wanted to get across. So I went onto LinkedIn um, and put that out there and I got a whole host of recommendations. And I'm very much take the bull by the horns, decide now, get it done immediately. So the first lady that responded who messaged me, her name was Joe Watson, a good writer, fantastic lady. Um, we set up a meeting two days later in London and she came along to uh, Madison Rooftop Gardens and we sat down and I had a drink and she had a coffee. And we said, look, let's just write the first chapter. Let's just write the first chapter. And if it comes out any good and we've got any synergy together, then we'll do the rest of the book. So we sat there for that afternoon, had a fantastic laugh, instantly bonded. And we wrote the first chapter or she made lots of notes about the first chapter in about five hours. Um she then came back to me about a week later with the chapter, um, and it was just like it was me writing it. She met, she got the Joseph Valente voice out fantastically, mm -hmm. and um, we then I commissioned the whole book with her, um, and it was as straightforward as that, really. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that struggle with ghostwriters. I mean, I always say that. 
you know, writing a book, putting your name to a book is one of the, you know, the fastest and easiest expert positioning strategies that you can that you can take action on. Um, I think it's great that you've got it in place so far, or rather so soon in your journey. I, though, as will probably a lot of other people, probably more eagerly await the second book. Um, you know, I think yeah. that you, you know, you probably rode the apprentice wave a little on this one which is not a bad thing you've got to use what you've got and everything but i would love you know the the two or three year follow-up one from now uh, i think that's going to be the one that's going to set you apart and and really uh you know catapult that kind of authorship role for you i think more than anything else yeah it was most definitely unknown territory um i knew mm. the story that i wanted to get across and i felt um at the time because i believe i started writing it in june and i knew the um next series of the apprentice was coming in october and that would have been the um series that was two years after mine so i wanted to jump on that bandwagon and sort of ride that wave to help profile it and it did work to an extent, but you are a hundred percent right. I mean, getting that first one under your belt is, is great, but it is also a massive learning curve. Um, but the second one, I will be much better versed on, and you know, and hopefully have in the next couple of years um, much more to tell. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, all right. So let's shift gears a little bit. Love all the back, all, all the backstory. It's great, but let's shift gears a little bit. I came across you, I think you had commented on one of my Instagram posts or we had connected via Twitter or something like that. I don't know. And I started looking at what you were doing, um, how you were doing it and and that sort of type of thing. And it, it was clear to me that you were, you know, bang smack right now, kind of at the beginning of building a very strong personal brand platform for yourself, not only as a business owner, but also as a coach and a mentor as well. And I think that's fantastic. You definitely seem, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you definitely seem to, to kind of attract that younger, uh, aspirational type of entrepreneur. Is, is that the group of people that you're going after on this side of things? Um, I, I believe that I do attract them. You know, I think that I've got um, a lot to give for business owners um, of, of a reasonable size also. But I'm of course. sort of aiming at the 18 to, to 40 year old market, if I'm honest. Well, it's a big market. <laughs> so yeah you know, it's not like you, you're <laughs> it, going to be it is, Chris, short. You're right. Yeah. I am at the beginning. So I, I'm, I'm still sort of practicing um, and testing a lot of content to find out where I do sit on the market because if I if I and this is where it comes back to using different um social media channels so I have a much younger following on Instagram that interact with my style on there but I also have a much older following on LinkedIn that I also use a different style of and I, and I noticed that I can cater for two sides of the market so mm. it's a strange one really and, and I'm still testing and finding my feet as to whether I continue to adapt my models to suit multiple channels or I just go after one. Well, I, I think, you know, from what I've seen from you so far, 
um, has been, you know, it, it's been all good. There hasn't been anything bad to talk about in any way whatsoever. You've definitely got a nice personality about you. You're clear that you want to help people out and that you want to be, um, you know, genuinely seen as a helpful, thoughtful guy and all that kind of stuff. I'm curious to know, when you when you sit down and you start planning out your content um, with this in mind, what what is your process per se? I mean, what are you doing to come up with the ideas for the video, for the tweets, for, you know, whatever it is that you're putting together? Um, so I look at the market and I see what relevant topics are currently being spoken about mm-hmm. at the moment. So things like um, apprenticeships or should I go to university or how do I get started in business? So I see what's trending um, and, and what people are talking about. And I try to understand whether I have, have any value to add. Um, I'm a strong believer that I won't just comment on anything just for the sake of commenting on it. I can only comment if I feel I can add value. And then I also um, sit down and I have my creative time. So I will will sit in my apartment and I have those um, stick-on magic whiteboards and I stick them on the walls and I just start to write things down. So you know, I, I look and I get inspired and I put out subjects and I think if there's anything I can make off the back of those subjects and if I could make any content. Um, but um, that's where I build and plan, really. And I also, every time I get a thought in my mind, I write it down. So it can be 3 a.m., um, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 9 a.m., I write it down and I also then put all of that content together. And on those imagination days, that's where I add it and get it all out on the table. I love it. What kind of feedback are you getting from, you know, you talk about this slightly younger group and you talk about this slightly older group, obviously on two very different platforms, Instagram with the younger mob and, you know, LinkedIn with the older, which, I mean, makes total sense. Um, what kind of feedback are you getting? Let's let's focus on the young guys for, to begin with. What are they saying to you? What are they coming back to you with? Um, the young guys are very... Um or appear to be very inspired. Um, I believe that I give them, as still quite a young man myself, somebody to look up to, but I'm Mm. not too far away from them, which makes it realistic. And that's where I really want to add value to them, to say, look, guys, I'm 28. I started my journey at 15. If If you're 18, if you're early 20s now, you know, you look at what I've been able to achieve through hard work, drive, determination, follow me. Um, and, and hopefully I can teach you some stuff. So I get great, I get great feedback um, from those guys at the moment. And, wh- and what about the older mob? What are they coming at you with? Um, if I'm going to be 100% honest with you, on LinkedIn, sometimes um, I get a lot of comments from, from a lot more established business people um, that aren't as kind. Um, and I do believe, and I, and I never want to come across um sort of as patronizing i know my business career is young and i still have a lot to learn so sure. i i think it can be it can maybe seen to some older people as patronizing but i definitely don't mean it in that manner as in they think who is this guy he's too young <laughs> to be able to say this stuff what does he know um and i feel like i get that vibe sometimes and i always respond with the comments and you know let them let them know that it's my opinion and although i still have a lot to learn I most definitely have learned a lot um, and do believe that I have value. Um, and then, you know, LinkedIn for me is 50-50. I'm either loved or I'm hated. 
Um, and Instagram seems to be 99% love, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I like the way that you're being so forthright and upfront with the fact that LinkedIn, you know, potentially maybe is not the right platform for you. I mean, when I, you know, allow me to go into coach mode here for a minute with you, right? So when, when, when I work with people, when they're, when we're talking about building their own personal brands and helping them establish platforms, et cetera, et cetera, I always say you've got to be, where you are happiest. Because if you're not where you're happiest, then you're not going to be able to truly show up and serve people in the right manner. So if LinkedIn is a 50-50 scenario for you and Instagram, for example, and that younger mob are all, you know, all up in you and they just absolutely love everything you do, it is, you know, it's ultimately going to make you a happier entrepreneur. It's going to help you a happier, you know, uh, make you a happier mentor, right? So, I mean, I when I look at you, I see you without a shadow of a doubt developing the mentorship and and helping younger people out rather than older people. I think that's honestly where you are going to shine. If you were one of my clients, I would be telling you to focus in on that. That's it. Coaching session over. Just wanted to say it. <laughs> no, I, re- I respect that. And thank you very much for the advice. Um, and, and, I, and I do believe that that's where you know, I, I do add the most value um, to the younger audience. But you know what? Part of me actually really wants to convince that other 50% yeah. of people on LinkedIn that, yeah. you know, I, I do have some value. <laughs> no, I, it's sort, I of a, sort of a challenge thing now, you know. I know, no, you want you know you want to show them who's boss. I get it totally. I I completely <laughs> understand where you're coming from. Let's let's um let's go in another direction from it then. So I mean, you know, you're a young guy. I mean, I remember when I was 20, 28, I was I was I was working for a company. I wasn't building my own companies. Um but I do. I look back on some of those younger days, and I, 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 I retrospectively can see the entrepreneurial bug was hitting me and biting me quite a bit in those days. I mean, this has obviously been very sort of ingrained in you and what you're all about for so long. What was it, do you think, Joe, that enabled you to have this this? I mean, full-blown entrepreneurial mindset at such a young age. I'm curious also as a dad of, of four kids as well. Do you know what it was, Chris? And I can answer that straight away. We grew up um, in quite a poor household. Um, my dad was an alcoholic. He didn't work. Um, and I used to get up every day and I used to see that, you know, he, he never did anything with his time. And you know, we didn't have the money for new cars or holidays or new clothes or new bikes or whatever it was. But I also had a very inspirational figure in my life in the form of my uncle, who was a very wealthy man. He was my mum's brother. Um, and he every time I saw him twice a year, he'd come in a brand new BMW or Mercedes, be dressed in a suit, or would ha- always have the latest tech, you know, car phone or whatever it was back in those early 90s. And I saw two different lifestyles. And I always used to wonder how one man, being my dad, could be that person. And then how this other man, my uncle, could be that person. Right. And I decided, and the second chapter in my book is called A Four Year Old's Mentality. I decided at the age of four that I was going to be like my uncle, that I was going to become successful, that I wasn't going to live poor, that my kids would go on holiday, they would have nice things. And don't get me wrong, 
my mum worked three jobs. She was an absolute queen that worked her hardest for us, um, you know, and did provide as, as hard as she possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided that I wanted those finer things. I wanted to be like my uncle. And that's what drove me, you know, those early days. And, and it still stays with me now that I will never, ever live how we grew up. But I will always want to live like my uncle showed me was the way. Yeah, no, I, I get it totally. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? As we grow up, you know, everybody's got a different story to tell. Um, and without a shadow of a doubt, the more people that I talk to in my life that didn't have it easy, I'm coming across more successful people like that. Like, like I'm seeing a pattern here of people that didn't have it easy growing up being more successful to the point where these are the people I'm meeting now. I'm not necessarily meeting the people that not necessarily had a silver spoon, but like, you know, they did okay. I'm meeting more of the people that had practically nothing and had to work their ass off to get to where they are now. Those people are coming across my path way more than any other type of person now. It's very interesting to me why that's happening so much. Um, I think also with social media and and all of the channels that we have now, an entrepreneur being this buzzword, that all those years ago, um, if I hadn't have had my uncle, who would have shown me what was possible? Mm. You know, who, mm. who, who, how would I have known? Because we didn't have social media. We didn't have these channels that kids can now see. Actually, if they're growing up in a council estate or a poor area or wherever it is, that there are these other success stories that, you know, they, they have built a successful life. You know, they, they very much just see the families that are around them and they believe, you know what, this is my circumstance. This is how I have to be. I have to follow what my, what my parents did. So it's all about having um, somewhere to see these inspirational figures. Mm. And luckily I had my uncle, but now people have social media and I believe that will inspire a lot more of the next generations to um, build better lives for themselves because they can see what's achievable. And that's the important thing. Yeah, agreed, 100%. All right, so as we wrap up here then, what what is next for for, for Mr. Volante? Where, where, where do you take what you've already achieved and, and pull back on the throttle a little bit? What's, what's around the corner? Okay, so the expansion of Impragas is, um, is still happening um, and we're still growing very rapidly. We're about 50% of the UK now. Um, the Joseph Valente Academy launches this year. That's an online mentoring platform where I'm actually now packaging the content and the mentoring that I'm putting out for free on social media in, into a paid format, into a course format, mm-hmm. um, and, and more of an educated, structured way of learning for my mentees. Um, so, so that's coming. Um, and really, I'm just looking at a whole host of opportunities. I'd love to launch my own podcast like, like um, yours. Um, I think you should. If there's any opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems to be the way to get your message out there. And, you know, I I love audio and I listen to a lot myself, but Mm -hmm. I'd also love to do a business show. You know, Um, I believe in the UK, there's opportunity for another type of format. The Apprentice has been um, the the number one and and really the only one um, over the last sort of 10 years that's made any headway. So I'd love to I'd love to do something different. And my PR company and I are working on different ideas at the moment to take to some production companies. So I'd love to get back on TV, but in a, in a, in a business format. 
Yeah. No, I th- I think, you know, I I haven't lived in the UK for a long time, but, you know, prior to, you know, getting on and chatting with you here, obviously I did YouTube search you <laughs> and uh, yep. watched watched a few scenes of you from the boardroom and, and being interviewed on BBC and all that sort of type of stuff. And, uh, you know, you come across very naturally on TV. I think it's a, it's a good platform for you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, good stuff, mate. Well, look, I wish you all the very best. I want to thank you for coming on um, and for uh, spending a bit of time and talking about the journey and the plans and all the rest of it. I'm going to be eager, eager, very eagerly watching in the wings and seeing how you continue to grow this personal brand element of what you're all about, what you're doing. Because, like I said, as a father of, you know, my 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 oldest is 23 this year, so he's not much younger than wow. you. And uh, it's just, it's very interesting and very inspiring to see a young man doing so well but not resting on his laurels and wanting to continue to keep that foot solidly down on the gas pedal so i respect you a lot for that mate thank you very much all right good stuff for you guys tuning in um show notes links to joseph's book uh, and a load of other good stuff no doubt as well over at chrisducker.com forward slash episode 290 we'll be back again with another episode of youpreneur fm till then Take good care and God bless. If you enjoyed this episode of Youpreneur FM and you're ready to embark upon a journey that'll leave you and your career 100% future-proof, be sure to pick up a copy of my book, Rise of the Youpreneur. It's available all around the world right now. And when you grab a copy, not only are you supporting me and my work, but you're also getting the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and a roadmap that'll help you turn everything you're doing as well as everything you know into a profitable business that'll stand the test of time. Just head over to youpreneur.com forward slash book to grab your copy today.